Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. Part three of the God Conundrum. Let's see if we can leave it at three or maybe we get a fourth one, but we'll, we'll, just, we'll just get it working, right? So we have this guy who is really confused, and, right? Um, and that's what it sometimes is. But we're now getting a little bit closer to what it really is about. We're now going into the practices of spirituality, right? The third, fourth, and fifth principles are really three practices, more so than just principles. And last week, we kind of talked about the third principles, what it means to shape reality, the power to shape our own reality. And we kind of explained it in this mix of our theological understanding of having that constant flow between God and us that never stops, a connection that is never severed, even if we so believe that it is. But it cannot be severed. God and us coexists and we co-create. And we tap into that potential that God provides, if you will, or God simply is. And then we use that potential and start creating in the world, in the universe. First in thought and feeling with ideas, coming up with images and concepts, and then eventually some of it might move into solid material. And we looked at the science, you know, how science actually starts to understand how this works, that there is this Higgs field that is kind of a field that helps other fields and other particles to become massive. But the Higgs field, all the Higgs field is do, doing is providing that potential. And in one way, we could understand that the same way. That's how we shape. We dive into that potential, and then we start shaping our thoughts and our feelings, and we start shaping our actions to the point where it is perfectly aligned with what we truly want in life. And then it looks like as if the universe starts to fall in line with us. Not because the universe is loving us and no one else. <laughs> Not because the universe is making a choice, but we because we made the choice. We're the ones who have to do the choosing. So then, <clears throat> The other piece is thinking and feeling. So thinking and feeling are both important. And I explained a little bit about metaphysics and mysticism. 
metaphysics more the understanding of God and mysticism more the experience of God. One cannot exist with the other. We always do both. We cannot experience without understanding, and we cannot understand without experience. As simple as that. Some of us lean, some of us lean more toward experience. I just want to experience God. I don't care to really understand God, because how can we ever understand God? And then others say, I really want to understand God so I can make sense of what I experience, too. Both is perfectly fine, and it's learning that balance that brings us that wisdom that we need in order to be spiritually active and relevant. So the teaser was how we perceive matters. And that's what I'm going to talk about mostly today. It matters how we perceive life. And under perceive, I specifically want to highlight how we think and how we feel, both. It matters how we think and feel, because that's a huge part of our perception in life, and that matters. For example, when we talk about truth, defined, it says, a fact or belief that is accepted as true. In Unity, we make a distinction between capital T truth and small t truth. Capital T truth is a truth that is indistinguishable, unchangeable from one to the other. And we tap into that same truth regardless of how we perceive that truth. The small t truth is then what we make of that capital T truth. It's the same thing. Truth, capital T, means potential. There's a potential for truth. And then we take that truth and we make out something out of it. And that's often how we end up in disagreements. Right? Because your truth is often not exactly the way my truth looks like. Right? Think of politics. There is a truth to politics at its core, what politics really is about, but then there's certain ways that some lean more toward one and others lean more toward the other, especially in the US with the two-party system. In Switzerland, you have multiple parties, you know, 30, 40, 50 parties, so you have multiple truths expressed from the same background. Okay? So we've got to understand what we actually talk about. When we say, this is my truth, we may feel like, because we are so excited about being so important, that we are the capital T truth, and everyone else is the tiny little T truth. Ever had that feeling? Right? My truth is the capital T. My truth is God's truth because God told me so. So all your truths must be tiny. Ever felt that way? Ever felt, ever been on the receiving end of that? Right? Okay. Think of photography. Photography, at least in the old days, 
You used to have a body of a camera, and then you had different lenses. That's what these mm means. mm means millimeter. Okay, so you had a 40, 14 millimeter to really get a, the whole picture, and then it goes all the way up to 400 millimeter, where it's very close. This is how we sometimes focus and decide how we want to look at the same thing. So think of the capital T truth as the image and the way we perceive that truth as any of those lenses that you choose. And we choose that lens, in, we make that interchangeable. You know, we get up in the morning, we put the 14 millimeter lens on because we are very expansive and then we have a chat with our boss and we didn't like it so much and then we get really narrow-minded so we switch to lens and you know, we can only see this, but we're still looking at the same truth. We just have a different picture of it. Ever seen this picture before? Who sees a beautiful woman? About half. Who sees an old hag? Well, some other. I know it's a terrible thing to say, old hag, but I don't know, like a witch or something, right? So, and some of us, who sees both? Who can switch back and forth? Most of us, right? Okay. So we can look at the same thing, but we can perceive something completely different. It's exactly how we create. That's how we shape. We look at the same reality, all of us, but because of our choices and the way we see and believe things, the way we perceive things, we may choose differently. We may highlight certain things differently than others because we see a different perspective of the same image. Here's another example. Who sees a man looking forward? straight at us, okay? Who sees the same man looking this way, <clears throat> right? We are split again, who can see both? Well, look at us, we must be special. We can, so many can see us both. Same idea, same image, but we can perceive differently. Now, what's really interesting here is, and if you, if you can't see one, and the other, give it some time. Usually, you will learn to do that. The idea here is that we always have the ability to do both. We can choose whether we see the man looking forward or the man looking sideways. It's our choice. It's not the man who changes. It's us who changes. And principle three our third principle, the law of mind action, is exactly that. How we think and feel about this picture shifts how we perceive life and that impacts our choices in life. Now, remember this, and I already apologize in advance for that, because you'll probably think about this for the rest of your day. Laurel. Laurel. Laurel, Laurel. Who heard Yami? Who heard Laurel? Pretty split. 
Who hurt both? That's a little bit tougher. So this is a, an example. Laurel. Okay, I don't know Laurel. why it's going back. Well, let's do it Laurel. again. Okay, so <clears throat> they're basically the way we perceive shifts, right? And the reason why I apologize for this is because a couple of years ago, you might remember, it probably it got so bad that in certain circles, if you heard Yanni instead of Laurel, you were expelled, you know? And, and vice versa, and except, you know, you're crazy. Well, how can you hear Laurel? It's impossible because I hear Yanni. And the accent, no, 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 it's not Yanni. What are you talking about? It's Laurel. And they were so convinced and got into an argument because there is no way that the other can hear anything else but what we, we hear. The fact is that if you hear Yanni, which is a higher pitch, it may have to do with um, you having maybe some younger ears. As we get older ears, our ability to hear higher pitch reduces, and then so the chances are that you hear Laurel more, but that doesn't go for anyone. The original recording is actually Laurel. So those of you who hear Laurel, that's the original recording, and then Yanni was put on top of it. And so there's a lot of research that went into that where they took frequencies out in order for those who heard Yanni all of a sudden to hear Laurel and so on. But the point is how we perceive matters. Can you see that? Can you see that someone is so convinced that Yanni is the only way you can hear this recording will get into an argument with someone who says, no, it's not Yanni, it's Laurel. Except what are you talking about? You're kidding me. Right? Can you see that happening? That's what we do every day, especially with our spirituality. We tell someone who believes differently, maybe not to their face because we're too nice, but we're kind of saying, yeah, you're a Yanni guy. You know, you're like a God out there guy. I don't want to talk, out, talk to you, right? I'm a God inside, so I'm better than you, right? So we got to stop that, seriously. Because only the harmony brings us all together. Truth seeker. A truth seeker is one who is open and curious about the ever-changing reality of truth. One of the worst things we can do in life is to say, I know now what truth is. I don't have anything to learn anymore. Once you do that, you're basically put yourself in the position of dying spiritually because Spirituality is about remaining open and learning and being curious and learning and accepting and, and distinguishing and finding new paths and new ways of being. It doesn't mean that you have to change your mind all the time, but it means that you have to have that idea, that feeling of being curious. Whenever we go like this, spiritually speaking, that's a good sign that we have something to learn here.
Descartes once said, if you would be a real seeker after truth, it is necessary that at least once in your life you doubt as far as possible all things. Remember, he's the guy who said, I think, therefore I am. His whole philosophy was, first of all, I have to doubt everything. And then I have to reconvince myself that actually there is some truth to it. Okay. Count how many times oh. the play. And here's another favorite one, just to make the point about the game perception and what is truth. It's just a minute and a half long, so I'll let you enjoy that. Count how many times the players wearing white pass the ball. The correct answer is 16 passes. Did you spot the gorilla? <laughs> For people who haven't seen or heard about a video like this before, about half missed the gorilla. If you knew about the gorilla, you probably saw it. But did you notice the curtain changing color or the player on the black team leaving the game? Let's rewind and watch it again. Here comes the gorilla, and there goes a player, and the curtain is changing from red to gold. When you're looking for a gorilla, you often miss other unexpected events. <laughs> Who has seen this, the original one with the gorilla? Anyone? Oh, good. So who, who saw the gorilla? First time. First time, no. Who saw the color, the curtain changing color? Yeah. Or, or the fact that the play, one of the black players left? Right? Isn't that interesting? The original experiment, when it came out, it was very similar. It was outside, and they were, you, know, you were told to just focus on one team and how many times they passed, just like this one. And then when I, I, you know, I was so concentrating, I got to get this right, right? And then I said, did you see the gorilla? And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I had to go back and accept. And yeah, there was a gorilla. And actually, the, the original gorilla came like and did dance and did, did a lot of stuff. And he said, how could I possibly miss that? You know, perception. Count how many times oops. the player. Perception matters, right? So we can get so focused on one thing that we completely miss something else. And yeah, maybe missing the gorilla is not that important at that point in time in our lives, but sometimes we miss something really important. You know, I work with a lot of people who uh, are in, in a difficult time, right? So they have some difficulties, maybe depressed or anxious about how life is going, maybe really alone, still from COVID and all that. And often that reality hones in so much that they miss the beauty that's surrounding them.
and they need someone else to point it out, right? And so one of the practical things we can learn to do in, learn, in terms of learning our thinking and feeling how to change that is to change our perception and maybe rewind an experience and see if we can spot the gorilla and the curtain color change and you know, all the other things we may have missed rather than keep focusing only on that one thing. You know, Deepak Chopra said, walk with those seeking, walk with those seeking truth, run from those who think they found it. Very true, right? How often in religion and spirituality are we told that this is the only way for you to realize truth? Anyone have ever heard that before? Huh? Yeah, I've heard it so many times in my life. And that's really good advice. Run from that. No true spiritual teacher will ever tell you that you have to adapt only one way of being. A true spiritual speaker, teacher is interested in your own way of unfolding. That's more important than anything else. You know, John 14, 6 says, um, Jesus answered him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. And that's often very misunderstood and misinterpreted by saying, and often used in certain circles of Christianity, the only way to come to truth is through Christ. The only way to come to truth is through us being just like Christ. And if Christ doesn't resonate with us, but Buddha does, or the Taoism does, or Hinduism does, then that is our path. Okay? Christ is an important path, but only one of many. The Four Noble Truths in Buddhism. Life is suffering. There is a cause of suffering. There is an end to suffering, and there is a path how to end suffering. It's just one truth. One truth that may resonate with some of us and not resonate at all with others. Why would I accept the idea that life is suffering? I don't want to accept life as suffering because I'm suffering so much every day. I don't want to buy into that idea. A perfectly valuable way of thinking and feeling. We are here to make that choice for ourselves. And there's all these teachings out there that help us one way or another to do that. And believe me, some resonate with this or have resonated with the idea of the Four Noble Truth at one point in their lives and then life changed for them and then they started resonating maybe more with the Christian teachings and then life changed again and then they started resonating more with some other teachings, some pagan teachings, and that's okay. It's not flakiness, it's our willingness to resonate with what serves us most. So what then must we do? 
we must find our own truth. We must realize the capital T truth is real for all of us, but it's potential. It's not realized yet. And through the way we perceive, think, feel, act, we bring it into reality and we learn to step into that truth. And just because we make it a truth today doesn't mean it has to be the same truth tomorrow. We are allowed to change. We're allowed to be different. Ultimately, we're not truth seekers, but we should be truth finders. I mentioned that before. Truth seeking is different than the truth finding. What do you think the difference is? More tangible? Well, truth finding gives us a focus, a goal. Truth seeking does too, but some people may remain seekers all their lives, but never find the truth. What if we started focusing on finding what resonates most with us? So how we perceive matters. Which leads us to principle number four, which we just about to practice in our group meditation, right? Prayer and meditation, very important. Denials and affirmations, which is the topic, I believe, today that we talk about in our fall program. Okay, those are all important practices to use. Our second practice. First, we need to understand how powerful our mind and our heart is and how deceiving our perception sometimes can be. Either seeing the gorilla or not seeing it, or hearing Yanni or Laurel. And by just accepting that, that that is a reality, maybe we learn to be a little bit more gentle to ourselves and others. By just understanding that we may just be wrong, or maybe not even wrong, but just a little off the mark, or that two people communicating with each other, they may have slightly different experiences, and that is okay. It doesn't take away from our spirituality. Just because we don't perfectly align with each other doesn't mean we're doomed. It's actually learning to respect each other that makes us a truth finder by listening carefully what the other realizes as their truth, and maybe find a little nugget that we may have been looking for all day, all of our lives along. The way we see things changes. The Hubble telescope, when it was first launched in 1990, that's the picture on the left. This is how the Hubble telescope looks at the universe and the different galaxies. The Webb telescope was launched 31 years later. Now is a completely different look. Look at this difference. In the case of the Hubble telescope and the Webb telescope, it's a matter of technology. 
But it's an analogy to the way we learn to perceive differently too. As we learn and we remain open and we are vulnerable enough and curious enough to change and allow that change to happen and allow others' opinions to impact us, influence us and guide us too, we are learning to become more and more perceptive. We're learning to expand the way we see life. Hubble telescope on the top, Webb telescope on the bottom looking at the exact same thing. Which leads us to principle five. Everything we talked about over the past few weeks, the God conundrum, the theology, the practices, the perceptions, everything we talked about, it's great to know, but it's useless to just knowing. The only way it matters is to actually practice it. Knowing these principles is not enough. We must act upon it and live them every day. And that is my wish for all of us, that we live those practices every day. Who knows what this is? Oh, hold on. So the way we, fee we think, feel, and act matters. What matters most? Not so much how we view God, what religion or spiritual path we follow, or even what our personal spiritual practice looks like, but what matters most is that we take radical self-responsibility, we are radically self-reliant, and we own up to our thoughts, feelings, and actions. We gotta own up to them and say, yes, I think this way. Yes, I feel this way, and yes, I act this way. It may not be right, but this is where I am, I'm at. That's the only way we can change. By denying the way we feel and think and act, we're just glossing over what is a reality. And that means to be responsible and to be reliant and to step into that power. Because what we want to avoid is this. What is this? Couch, but quite literally, right? And I love to say spiritual couch potato, right? So we got to stop being a spiritual couch potato and move forward along the path that we choose. It's okay to make those choices primarily based on our own desires, but also be influenced by others. Why not be inspired by others? Why not look at others and how they are doing it and how they are experiencing God and how they are practicing their spirituality and see if some of it works for us? The important thing is that we stop being that spiritual couch potato. And with that, let's do some spiritual practice together. Quietly, moving into our meditation for today, and allowing that to come to peace,
So again, I remind you to give yourself the grace of just being. Being yourself, your littlest self and your higher self. Being the spiritual self, being the human self at the same time. And to embrace that, that however that may look like. And as we meditate together, you may think and feel a certain way. You may have worries or regrets that come up for you. You may think about yourself in certain ways that are unpleasant. Or you may think about others in unpleasant ways as well. Now we're not going to fight any of those thoughts and feelings. We're not going to try to get rid of them. We'd simply sit with them just for a little bit. That means to be in full acceptance of what our reality is, our truth is. And now we can move into a deeper space, a deeper space of care and kindness. And we can release all those thoughts and feelings together. Allowing them to move on wherever they need to go. We do so gently and kindly because we do not fight in any way. But we relax and surrender into the experience. So now let us breathe into our body and go even deeper. recognize beyond our physical, the spirit that is surrounding us, all of us. The spirit that we bring to this community, to this world, whether small or large. the spirit that we may call in many different names, the spirit that we may recognize within us, the spirit that it's full in potential, ready for us to shape and move and build. So together we come as humans and spirits at the same time, 100% human, 100% spiritual, 
all at the same time. And we give ourselves and each other the grace that the way we believe and think and feel is okay. My God is okay. Your God is okay. And even though we may see division in the world every day, we take these moments of prayer and meditation to find harmony instead. Heart and mind, body and soul, all one. Heart and mind, body and soul, all one. So we're allowing ourselves to be present to this moment. And we can ask ourselves the question, what am I grateful for? To what do I give thanks? What fills my heart with joy and gratitude? And even those who are in the darkest places at this time will find the light of that gratitude. Quietly and silently, let us give thanks together. Let us give thanks to the teachings that inspire us. Let us give thanks to the people surrounding us, helping us, finding us, shaping us. Let us give thanks for the many things that support us in being who and what we are truly. Let us give thanks for this community and for what it stands. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.